Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Well, the word for this night, it does kind of connect. God gave me a word that says, you know, the, uh, this is the six days of faith. So the word he gave me for this week, for tonight, faith to shout. Faith to shout. Now, I'm not talking about, you know. I mean, that's good, too. And some people need faith to shout because, you know, they be like, that is not my personality. But going beyond that, faith to shout. So let's open our Bibles to 1 John 4.4. 4. 1 John 4.4. 4. The greater one lives inside, and his love never fails. Never fails. 1 John 4, 4, reading out of the King James Version. While you're turning, I'm a, I'll drink to that. Miss Kim, where are you, Miss Kim? That's awesome. I just want you to know that's awesome right there. I appreciate it. 1 John 4, 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because, read this with me, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater one lives inside of us. The greater one lives where? I need you to tell your neighbor, the greater one lives in you. The greater one lives in you. Let's look at this in the Amplified Bible. Same passage of Scripture in the Amplified Bible. It says, little children, you are of God. You belong to him and have already defeated and overcome them. The agents of the Antichrist. Because he who lives in you is greater, mightier than he who is in the world. There is no defeat in us. There is no defeat in us. It doesn't matter if your flesh is trying to tell you that you are defeated. Circumstances may try to tell you you're defeated. The world may try to tell you you're defeated. Sickness and disease may try to tell you you're defeated. But the word of God tells us that the greater one lives inside of us. Guess when? Right now. The greater one lives inside of me right now. We have overcome the agents of the Antichrist. I love that. We have overcome the agents of the Antichrist. I'm going to say that again because we're living in a season where the enemy is trying to sell fear. Fear and division. But we have the greater one in us. And because of that, we have the overcoming power to overcome the agents of the Antichrist. So it doesn't matter that we're living in the end times. That doesn't change if we was living 50 or 60 or 100 years ago because the greater one that was then is now and forever shall be living inside of us right now. Greater, somebody shout out greater. Greater is he that is in me. Shout it out greater. Greater is he that is in me. Shout out greater. Greater is he that's in you. 
one is inside of us. But it takes faith to declare that. The Passion Translation says, little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. For the one who is living in you, oh, I like this, is far greater than the one who is in the world. The word of God says, he that, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Those that know their God, when you realize and take revelation knowledge and meditate on who you are in Christ Jesus, but also who Christ Jesus is in you, then you're knowing that you're never alone. You're not walking through this life by yourself. You're not making decisions through life by yourself. You're not conquering over things of the enemy by yourself. There's one, the stronger one, the greater one, is dwelling in the midst of you, inside of you. When you lay down at night, you're not laying down by yourself. But the greater one, the greater one, the one that overcame Satan, the one that went into hell and extended into heaven and laid his blood on the mercy seat is dwelling in the midst of us what can the world do to us what can man do to us nothing there's nothing for the greater one the greater one is living in the inside of us 2 Corinthians 2.14 says now thanks be unto God which I like this word what is it always you can just stop right there and just have a praise party over one word we'll say girl what you praising God about girl I'm thanking him for always Whew. always you just start running through the house you just start swinging always always not sometimes but always thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus Glory to God. Always. I'm always winning. I'm always overcoming. I'm always triumphing because I'm not doing it in myself. But the greater one, <laughs> the greater one, the innate, the one that empowers me, the one that strengthens me, the one that gives me wisdom, the one that gives me revelation knowledge, the one that helps me, the one that sustains me is living in the midst of me. He's greater, and he's in us. And that's why you can lift your hands and say, thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and maketh manifest, listen to this, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now let me read that same passage of Scripture. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, out of the Passion Translation, it reads this way. God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. I like that again, endless triumph. We're not going to run out. God's not running out. There's nothing that the enemy can do. God is scratching his head and saying, oh, man, I didn't know about that one. What are we going to do? Michael, what are we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do? Angels, you got, you got an idea? No, I ain't got an idea. Okay. Heavenly host, what you got? Oh, we ain't got nothing. No. It says always. He, he, 
who includes us. He included us. Isn't that awesome? The God who created the universe, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the God who is all-knowing, all-wisdom, all-loving, all-kind, he thought enough about us that he included us. Oh, my goodness. Why are people tripping trying to get with somebody else, trying to get in the right group and the right crowd and trying to manipulate? God has already included you in the highest place that you can ever be included in. We've been included in the family, included in the beloved, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. We are in partnership with Christ Jesus. We're in partnership with the Father God. And because of that, because they have endless triumph, we have endless triumph. But let's keep reading. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. Now, I, as a lady, I like to smell good. Any other ladies like to smell good? I like, to, I, like, I like my house to smell good. I want my car to smell good. And I like to smell good. And so when I was reading this passage of Scripture, the Holy Spirit began to show me something. It says, through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. So when, you, when you're walking in a room... You ever been someplace, or walked into a room or environment, and let's just say naturally it smelled bad. I mean, it was stanky. You walked in and go, mm, it's stanky. But have you also ever walked into a room and spiritually it smelled bad? You're like, oh, what's been going on here? You could tell there's been uh, confusion and strife. But the word of God says, through your yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance. That means you walk in and start smelling good. You just walk in and you say, oh, you know, you walk in and, you know, you just leave your fragrance. Everywhere you go, you just leaving your fragrance. You walk into a room and, and the fragrance of your yielded life is, is just, it's just saturating the room with, with the sense of, of the goodness of God and the peace of God. You know, where there was confusion and strife because of your yielded life unto him, because of the fragrance of God upon you, because you've been with him. When you walk into the room, your scent, your fragrance is there. It says everywhere you go because of your yielded life. You, you leave the fragrance of God himself. Because of you, the atmosphere is shifted. It says your yielded life, through our yielded lives, we spread the fragrance. I don't know if you can smell it like it smells up here, but it smells mighty good up here. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying a little something, something, you know, you know, just a little something. <laughs> you know, my mom passed in 2000. Listen to this. My mother went to heaven in 2000. And this is 2023. And just within the last few weeks, we have been pulling some things out of my parents' house, and uh, there were still several pieces of her clothing in the closet of, and she, when did she pass? Tw 2000. 
And this is 20, 23. So it's been 23 years, right? But I can, on her clothing, it's still her fragrance. 23 years later. That was mind-boggling to me. I was like, Mama, that was some good perfume. <laughs> 23 years later, my husband attests to it. 23 years later, her scent was in her clothing, a perfume scent that she wore that smells amazing also. It was in there as if she had just taken it off that day. And so the Lord reminded me of that. He said, Kenny, the same way your mom's scent is still in her clothes 23 years after she's gone to heaven. It's the same scent that she left in the midst of her children, of God himself, because she sprayed the fragrance of God wherever she went. And the fragrance of God is in us. It doesn't matter if you never come back to that place. When you leave the fragrance of God in a place, it remains forever. God says the greater one is in us. And that's why the song I, I wrote, All I See is Victory, is because I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at the greater one that's in me. I'm looking at the, the greater one that's inside of me. How can I not declare victory? How can I not see victory when I'm looking at Jesus? He is the everything victory is. He is victory himself. He gave us the victory. He already declared the end from the beginning. All I see is victory. When we pray, we always are praying from the position of victory. When we stand on the promises of God, we're never standing alone. Remember, the greater one is in us. And we have his faith. We have his name. We have his blood, we have his authority, and we have his secret weapon. What's the secret weapon, Candy? Well, I like to call him Mr. H.G., the Holy Ghost. That's the secret weapon. You know, you can, you can be someplace and you don't know the answer. You don't, your situation is going somewhere, but you can start praying in the spirit. And nobody around you knows what you're talking about. And you just, just pray in the Holy Ghost. And you and the Holy Spirit are communing and fellowship. And he's downloading into you the actions and the directions and the knowledge and the revelation of exactly what you need. It's a secret weapon. Only us Christians know this language. It's a coded language. He gives you the language, and then he is the decoder of the language. He gives you the revelation. It's a secret weapon. Never leave home without him. He dwells in the midst of us. You're never alone because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the greater one. Can somebody shout always? Always. 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 He always causes us to triumph when we are looking and listening to him. Always, always causes us to triumph. You don't have to say, I don't know what to do. All you have to do is dig deep. Just go inward. Just go inward. No, you can't go, because the answer is not out here. It's not out here. I remember Brother Keith Moore gave an illustration of he, he, was look, he was praying and looking for something, and, and the Lord had given him a vision of a foul cabinet. 
And he pulled out the foul cabinet drawer, and he, he went to the front and the back, and he went to the back and the front, and he went to the front and the back. And then finally, the Lord said, you know, it's not in there. So it doesn't matter how long you look in the foul drawer, how long you keep looking, you know, you keep looking at this thing, you keep looking at this thing. The answer is not there. The answer is in here. Greater, 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 greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's, another, there's a song, and you don't have to come up and play it. I'm just going to sing it. Without. There's a song that Brother Moore wrote called, My Father is Greater. I just want to remind you of what the words are. Because these type of things is our strengtheners. See, it takes faith to shout what God declares. It takes faith to proclaim and declare what God says. It takes faith to, to take the word of God and put it in your mouth, and you speak it out and declare it and shout what the word of God says. When in, right in the midst of a situation, you don't cuss. You don't scream out, and we're going to die, we're going to die. You don't scream out, I don't know what to do. You don't scream out, these people crazy. No, you lift up your voice of victory and begin to shout the victory that God has given unto us, that the greater one is inside of you, and his love never fails. So the song says this. It says, greater, greater, my father is greater than all. He is greater, greater, my father is greater than all. Now listen to the words. He's greater than trials. He's greater than test. He's greater than all of the enemy's best. And no man can pluck me from my father's hand. Because my father is greater than all. He's greater than sickness. He's greater than pain. And by his great power, your body can change. Yes, he's the great healer of every disease. Yes, my father is greater than these. He is greater than poverty. He's greater than lack. He's greater than any financial attack. My father will always supply all my needs. Yes, my father is greater than these. He's greater than failures. He's greater than sin. He's greater than all of the bad things you've been. Oh, he's greater than what was and what shall be. Oh, my father is greater than these. Yes, he's greater, greater. My father is greater than all. Yes, he's greater, greater. My father is greater than all. And you know, as wonderful as that is and that he's greater and the song is awesome and wonderful, but it's not just a song that you sing about and get goose pimples on. It's a song that you declare that that greater he is living inside of me right now. And so if he's greater, then I'm greater because I'm in him. I'm in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. The greater one is in you. Rise up and take your place of authority. Rise up and rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. Rise up and proclaim your victory because you're not standing alone. You're not sitting alone. You're not living alone. But the greater one. The greater one that 
overcoming agent is living big in us. Somebody shout hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. There is nothing the enemy can present that God has not already conquered. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing that he can present that God has not already, already won the victory over, already taken our place, already given us authority, already given us a place of amen, and it shall be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And his love never fails. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. Whoo, hallelujah. Somebody shout again, always. Whoo, he always causes us to triumph. We just got to keep looking at him. Got to give place to the greater one inside of you. How can we lose when we have the greater one living inside of us? 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, out of the King James Bible. It reads, though I speak with the tongue, the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, and we know charity means love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. And though I have the gift of all knowledge, and though I have all faith, does that mean you're jamming, you got all faith. So that I can remove mountains and uh, have not love. God said, you ain't nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity or love, it profit me nothing. Charity or love suffereth long and is kind. Oh, my goodness. Now, why did he have to put that in there? Can't I just suffer long and be crunchy about it? I mean, come on, really, God? So I'm standing in line, the cashier don't have a clue what's going on, and then they bring in somebody else who's under training. And so now, I, you know I got to go. I got prayer meeting in 15 minutes. What is this? Lord, why? But I'm suffering long, Jesus. No, he said, charity, love suffers long as nice about it. You know, when you're driving and the person jumps in front of you and they're only doing like about 30, 35, and you're already trying to get to go, you know, where you're going, and, and you're just like, oh, my goodness, really, 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 really? And then the Holy Spirit's tapping you on the shoulder. You know, charity suffers long and it's kind. You're like, shut up. Charity suffers long. You know, why, why I got to be kind about it? You know, you know when you're ready to go, it's time for church, and your spouse and your children are taking forever. You don't know what's going on with them. It's like the craziness has come up in your house today, and you're just binding every devil. You're like, uh, don't you know, I, got to, I have to go. I, I've got to go, you know. But love, you know, this is the word of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> love suffereth long and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself. Love is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. You know I was glad when they got jacked up. <laughs> Rejoiceth not in iniquity. Oh, they deserved it. I heard it on the news. Biden tripped over something. Well, see, that's wrong. That's a wrong spirit. 
That's not that's not God. I know I know y'all, I know you don't you may not like that, but you know it's not God. It's not him. It's not love suffers long and is kind. It's kind. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love thinketh no evil, but rejoiceth in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Somebody say love never fails. And love is a weapon that faith works by. You saw, man, where's she going? Where's she, how does that connect to faith? Because faith works by love. So it doesn't matter how many confessions you have and how many scriptures you have and, and how the greater one lives inside of you. But if you're not operating and living in the life of love, it's having a, a Mercedes Benz, the latest version. You know, I, we were in Florida Miami. We were in Miami uh, last year, and, and you know, I like, I like Mercedes, but then there was a Mercedes, you know, I, I knew about the 500 series and this series. There's a series that didn't have a number. So I saw the car. I said, this car doesn't have a number. It has a letter. I said, what's up with that? What kind of car is this, Jesus? <laughs> you know, it, it, I, was, I was a little like, oh, wow, this is this is really something. Okay. Okay, but, you know, love is a weapon. Faith works by love. So it doesn't matter if you got the, the latest and the most fanciest car that you like. Mercedes, Tesla, Ford. It doesn't matter. What, what, whatever it is. Um, Dodge truck. It doesn't matter. what kind. Whatever you like. If you don't put any gas in it, you sharp, but you're not going nowhere. He's sharp in that driveway and that in that garage. You know I mean, it's shining. Woo, that, I mean, he even got the new car smell, but you're going nowhere. So it doesn't matter how much faith we have or how many confessions we make or how much we even recognize that the greater one lives inside of us. God says you got to walk in love too because your faith works by love. See, the greater one lives inside and his love never fails. So that means we have to keep functioning in the law of love, in the life of love. Love is the gas that fuels the faith life. Amen. People don't, don't want to talk about that. You know, people will, will really agree with love. Yes, love my neighbor. Yes. Did you know your spouse is your neighbor? Oh, I done went from preaching and gone to meddling. Lose it, devil. The devil that got up and passed the candy and she didn't start meddling. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach over here. Walls, did you know your spouse is your neighbor? Come on, tell you. Hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. All right, now. And you got to love your neighbor. So you got to love your spouse. And you got to walk in love with your spouse. And you got to be loving and kind all at the same time. You got to be patient and, and kind at the same time. What? I mean, even in marriage. Really? God, he is just being unreasonable now. He's just gone too far. Because, you, know, I, I, you know, especially when you're pastor, you hear some everything. And so you're, 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 you know, you see and you hear and, and we're glory to God. And yes, and we're awesome in God. And God is going to do amazing, wonderful things. Yes. And, you, and sometimes you look over at the spouse and they're looking like. You got to take what God has given us and apply it in the house. I remember I was teaching at a women's event, 
And the Lord told me to tell the ladies, you know, I started asking, how many people will volunteer at the church? And their hands were going up. I said, yeah. How many people do this at the church? And yeah. And how many people do that at the church? And they were like, yeah. And, and so I was, I was reminded while I was talking to the ladies how um, one time I was at our church and I was getting out of the car. And uh, there was a gentleman running to help open my door for me. But when I looked to the side, his wife, who is also pregnant, is struggling with the children and a bag. And I looked at him and I said, forget about me. Go help your wife. And the Lord began to tell me, tell the ladies, tell the people, don't volunteer for nothing at church that you're not willing to do at home. You know, because we'll be a wonder at church. He's a wonder in my soul. But at church, they're like, who are you? I mean, it's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hat. You know, at church, you like Miss Wonderful, Mr. Wonderful. At church, you'll serve the pastor, but you won't make a plate for your husband. I know I'm all up in the Kool-Aid. But, but faith works by love. You know, you can't separate one from the other and think you're going to be a giant in God. No, you got to have it all. I know it's tight and it's right. But it's going to make your life bright. Oh, what? <laughs> so you cannot volunteer at church for things you won't do at home. You'll paint the walls at church, but your wife been waiting for 30 years for you to paint that kitchen. He's greater, greater. Oh, Lord, my father. <laughs> Bless his holy name. Let me get back up in here. This word. But this is the word of God. This is the word. And it's good for us. Come on, somebody shout out. It's good for me. It's good for me. Faith works by love and nothing shall separate us from the love which is in Christ Jesus. So operate in the power of love. Romans 8, 37 says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. This is one of my favorite scriptures. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me read that out of the Passion Translation. It says in the Passion Translation, Romans 8, 37 again, Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and, he's, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. This is the part that really it kicks into my spirit. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate me from God's love. There is nothing in the universe. Nothing. No COVID. Unless my husband say bovid. But, you know, we, we hear this word, but then things come in life and we start seeing separation. Nothing. It says height nor death. You know, you know, grandmama died, so that's why I don't come to church no more. Mm -mm. Neither, nothing, nothing shall separate me, life, nor death, 
no new car, no new house, you know, <laughs> we can't function because we got, I got to stay home cleaning my house. I got to wash my car. Uh, you know, I got promotions, so I got so much work to do that I'm not able to volunteer at the church anymore, Pastor. But I know you will excuse me. I got a promotion, and therefore I have no more time for the things of God because he has elevated me above all of that type of stuff. Mm-mm. Nothing. Nothing separates us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing in the universe. Perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. You know, the enemy will try to play videos to you of, of bad things happening and calamities. Fear will try to torment you with, with destruction of what could happen. It hasn't happened, but what could happen? If you do that, then this might happen. Fear is a liar. And the only way it has power is when we give faith to it. I'm going to say that again. Fear is a liar. And the only way it can affect your life is when you put faith in what it's saying. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Perfect love, which is perfected love, which is the God kind of love, it dispels fear. When we meditate and pray and declare and shout that the love of God is in us, we make our victory sure. I'm anchored. When I'm anchored in the love of God, fear cannot come. Fear cannot come when we're anchored. That's why it's so important to meditate on the word of God when you don't need it. So when you need it, it will speak to you. When all of the foolishness of COVID came, the, one of the first things that kept going in my mind was, well, God, I was walking by faith before I, this ever happened. I, I mean, what's really going to change here? I'm going to keep walking by faith. You know, they talk about the things at the grocery store. I, I chuckled because, you know, they were talking about, well, you know, it's a lot of foods and stuff. It's not at the grocery store. And, you know, it's a food shortage. And, you know, it's trying, to, it's trying to give you fear. It's trying to sell you fear. But what I wanted, two things I noticed. One, God is going to always provide. He said, take no thought for what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear. Take no thought. So, you know what that means? He's going to provide for me. He said, if I provide for the lilies of the field and I provide for the birds and they don't, they don't worry about what they're going to eat, they're gonna have, you're going to have something to eat. You're going to already. But what's really funny to me is this. I don't know about here, but in Chicago, when you go to the grocery store, the shelves that are empty are the carbs, all the, you know, the junk. But when you go to the vegetable section, it's loaded. No shortage of broccoli. String beans are there. You know, cabbage, Brussels sprouts. Oh, Brussels sprouts are really there. You know, I mean, there's no shortage. So it's not that you don't have something to eat. You just don't have that junk that you've been wanting to eat. And so I just chuckled. I said, well, then we're just going to all look fabulous because we've lost weight and we're eating properly. And so we're just going to continue to shine in the glory of God. You've got to think things in the right perspective. Place it in the right perspective. Nothing is going to keep you from walking with God and living a life of victory when you're anchored in the love of God. Remember, faith works by love. So you got to have the love component for your faith to be strong. And when you're anchored in the love of God, your faith is big. Your faith is strengthened. They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Hallelujah. 
faith to shout. It's time to shout, people of God. It's time to lift our voice and declare what God declares. These are our weapons of faith. These are our weapons of warfare. These are our weapons in prayer. We always pray from the position of victory and never defeat because we have already won. And we have already won each and every day of our lives because it's already done. This is not a common type of warfare. This is this is this is this type of warfare is called a shout warfare. When you shout with a voice of victory and you shout with a voice of praise and your victory becomes sure because you're lifting up your voice and you're declaring what God says to declare. You're declaring the promise and and the things that God has said about you, who he is in you, who he is to you, who he is through you. Then you can lift up your voice with faith to shout, I am victorious because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. You can lift up your voice and shout, I always triumph in Christ Jesus. You can walk in the grocery store and start shouting, I always triumph in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Joshua 6.10. Hallelujah. Joshua 6.10 in Amplified Classic says, But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or let your voice be heard, nor shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you will shout. Now you say, now Pastor Candy, first you told us we're supposed to shout. Now you're saying the words say you're not going to shout. Which one is it? It's both. You're going to shout when he tells you to shout. You can't separate instructions of God from walking in victory. You know you have the victory, but you don't know the plan that God's going to walk that victory out. Yes, we always pray from a position of victory, but we need the revelation of God to know how you want to do this one, God. How are you going to do this? And let's go. Some of y'all can tell y'all don't believe me. So, <laughs> so let's go open our Bibles, Joshua 6. Let's go to first verse, Joshua 6. And again, I'm in the Amplified Bible. I'm, I'm moving fast because I want to make sure I don't run out of time. App, Joshua 6, 6 and 1. And it reads this. I'm going to read through this. We're going from six, chapter 6, 1 through 16. So stay with me. Now Jericho, a fenced town with high walls, was tightly closed because of the Israelites. No one went out or came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho, its king, and mighty men of valor into your hands. You shall march around the enclosure and all the men of war going around the city once. This you shall do for six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you shall march around the enclosure seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpets. When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, you will hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the enclosure shall fall down in its place, and the people shall go up over it, and every man straight before him. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant 
and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. See, right there, you can just stop and say, see, you know, people say, why is it so loud in church? God is, God, God is not hard of hearing. No, but he, he's not nervous either. Do you have any idea? One trumpet alone is loud. You have seven priests blowing seven trumpets. My God. That is not a quiet day in the temple. Let's keep reading. And he said to the people, go on, march around the enclosure and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn passed on before the Lord and blew the trumpet and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard came after the ark, the priests blowing the trumpets as they went. So they're, they're walking with the Ark of the Covenant. They got men with guns. You know, I'm putting it in today's because he said armed men. I'm sure they weren't armed with bags of potato chips. So they were armed. <laughs> so, you know, you got, you got the, the Ark of the Covenant. You got brothers with they, you know, they guns on their hips. And you got seven priests blowing the trumpet. You know, this is an interesting look. This is interesting. <laughs> what is about to happen around here? <laughs> Can you imagine what this looks like? The ark is here. Armed men are here. And you have priests in priestly garments with trumpets blowing. Okay, God is different. You know, this, these are the instructions of the Lord. I have to pause for a minute because sometimes the Lord will tell you to do some crazy stuff. That does not make any sense and may make you look a little odd in public society. But that doesn't mean it's not God. It doesn't mean it's not God. You know, this is not a regular scene here. You got armed men and you got the Ark of the Covenant. And then you got these priests, you know, do, do, do. I don't know, were they playing ragtime? Was they, you know, were they just blowing hot loud? They're doing jazz? You know, I don't know what kind of sounds they're playing. Were they playing classical music? I don't know. But whatever they were playing, they were playing it loud. Because the word of God says it was loud. So this whole thing does, looks crazy. Let's just say that. This looks crazy. And you have people walking with them, not saying anything. What is really happening here? Can you all visualize this with me? You got the Ark of the Covenant. You have men with this arm with swords. And then you have priests with seven, seven priests with trumpets blowing loudly. And then you have a group of people walking with them, not saying nothing. And this is the plan of God. This is his method that he wants to use. That's why I said you, you know you have victory, but you don't know what God wants to use to get you in victory for that thing. And so he may tell you, I'm pausing because I really hear the Holy Spirit saying, he's going to tell us to do some unusual things in this season that won't make sense. Like the song says, you know, I can't explain it. This may not make sense. I know what it looks like, but I choose to go against it. 
Because God is going to give us, he's going to tell us to do some things. And I've learned how God doesn't use the things man thinks are great. He'll use instruments that man will think is foolish. That's why the word of God says he takes the foolish things to confound the wise. And so don't be surprised when you're standing uh, in a situation or you're seeking the Lord for answers and he tells you to do something like, well, give that money you've been saving for your house extension. I want you to give it all to the church for their new building. I knew it would be quiet. I knew nobody was going to say, hallelujah. (laughs) Because that seems crazy. Take your college, the tuition that you've been saving for your kids' college tuition and give, sow that into the ministry. That is not God. Satan, I bind you. (laughs) I'm pausing because God will require you to do some things that your head will say this doesn't make sense but it sure does make faith and so don't look for God in the usual he won't be there look for God in the unusual don't look for God in the common places you know Jesus didn't come looking like what they thought he should look like because they were expecting the king. And so they thought he was going to come looking like a king. And, you know, he's going to change. He's going to lay down the kingdom. And so surely he's going to be this, you know, boastful, kingly, royally looking person walking. He walked in authority, but they didn't recognize what real authority was. And so here we are in a day and time where things are shifting so quickly in the earth. So can't, you can't look for God in the common places. Because he won't be there. Maybe he's in the loud trumpet playing. That is annoying to you. You know, sometimes the thing that is annoying to you, that's really getting on your nerves, that's rubbing your flesh the wrong way, might just be God. But because it's not your comfort zone, then you, can, then you don't consider it being God. But God didn't call us, call us to be comfortable. He called us to yield. Remember the scripture said, through our yielded lives, we display the fragrance of God. There's a yieldedness to God that is often not comfortable. But it produces a mighty harvest. It produces mighty victory. It produces a mighty change in the lives of your children and in your family, in your body, in your health, in your church, in your community. It's a change that doesn't feel comfortable. It's never comfortable to get up at 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning and pray. But when you do it, oh, the glory. It's not comfortable to look fast. But when you do, you're not moving God. But God is saying, your flesh is talking so loud. I need you to dumb down that flesh so you can hear my instructions. This is not popular many times. But when you're talking about faith, 
You got to understand the really, to be able to walk in strong faith, to be able to really walk in victorious faith, God's going to give us some instructions. And those instructions may not be common, may not be comfortable, but it does not mean it's not God. The instructions may even look crazy or sound crazy, but it does not mean it's not God. Go to the Word. Try the Spirit by the Spirit and make sure it is the Holy Ghost leading and guiding you because there is great victory in the leading of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is great victory in the leading of the Holy Ghost. The, and so let's continue. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets and went. And, but Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or let your voice be heard. Nor shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. And then you shall shout. So he calls the ark of the Lord to go around the city once. And they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. Joshua rose early in the morning and bare early in the morning. And the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn, the ark of the Lord passed on. Blowing the trumpets continually. This is really loud, God. Why does it have to be so loud? Because God says, I'm doing something here. And the armament went before them, and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord. The priests blowing the trumpets as they went. On the second day, they compassed the city enclosure once and returned to the camp. So they did for six days. On the seventh day, they rose early at daybreak. Why I got to get up early in the morning, God? You know I'm not a morning person. Can't we do this around 12 o'clock? Matter of fact, seven is real good, God. But instructions are important. I say this jokingly, but do you know how many times God may have told us to do something and it was not something we felt like doing? And therefore, we religiousize it. That ain't God. That ain't God speaking that one. I was going with the pastor till they said we're going to do this, and that ain't, but that ain't God. And so on the seventh day, they rose early at daybreak and marched around the city as usual. Only on that day, they compassed the city seven times. And the seventh time when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. What kind of instruction is that? Just because I start shouting, I'm going to get a city? Because I lift up my voice? and begin to shout with the voice of triumph, God is going to give me a city? What sense does that make? Don't I have to meet with the mayor and the counselors and, the, and everybody in the city council and all of this? God said, I'm telling you how we're going to take this thing. It may not sound right. It may not look right. It may not feel comfortable. All your family and friends going to think you crazy. But God said, if you do what I tell you to do and you lift up your voice in a shout, I'm going to give you the city. I believe when we have faith to shout with a voice of triumph, God adds his voice to our voice. And so what you think they're only hearing you know what they're really hearing is God. Because God got in the midst of that thing. And that's why he told Jehoshaphat, you will not need to fight this battle, but go. 
God gave them five instructions. Look at 2 Chronicles 20, 17. I'm coming around that mountain when I come. It's almost there. 2 Chronicles 20, 17. I pray that you're getting something out of this word of God tonight. He said, you shall not need to fight this battle. But here are the instructions. One, take your position. Two, stand still. Three, see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Four, fear not, nor be dismayed. Five, tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. There were instructions to the victory. There are instructions to the victory. And when we do what God tells us to do, we enable him, we empower him to do what he wants to do in us. Second Chronicles 20 also says, Jehoshaphat said, hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe and remain steadfast to his prophets and you shall prosper. When we lift our voice with praise, singing and shouts, God sends ambushments into the enemy's camp. And the victory is ours. This message tonight is a message of praise. It's a message of singing. It's a message of shout. I love the story about the Grinch that stole Christmas. The movie, the story. But there's one particular scene that, I mean, I think it's anointed, believe it or not. But how many of you are familiar with the Grinch that stole Christmas? Okay, good. So, you know, he came down into Whoville while they were sleeping, and he stole all the presents. He stole all the toys. He stole the tree. He even stole the roast beast, right? And so he, he was hiding behind something the morning when they got up, you know, expecting to, them to just lose it. Like, oh, yeah, everything's gone. Oh, my gosh, I can't function. Oh, Christmas is over or whatever. But what happened was they all came out, and when they saw everything was gone, they came and they joined hands in a circle, and they began to lift their voice in a shout of singing. See, the enemy, the enemy, the devil thought that when he stole your stuff, he thought when he let the tornado come in and houses got destroyed, he thought he would take away your shout. <laughs> he, ha, 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 you just laugh at him. <laughs> he thought when he tried to attack your body, he would take away your shout. The enemy thought that when he, when he tried to attack your finances, you wouldn't have no praise and you wouldn't have no shout. The devil thought that when he attacked your health, you wouldn't have no praise and you wouldn't have no shout. The enemy thought that when he attacked your money, you wouldn't have any praise and you wouldn't have any shout. The devil thought that when he attacked your family, your children, you wouldn't have any praise and you wouldn't have any shout and you wouldn't have any joy but the greater one somebody shout out the greater one he forgot about the greater one that lives inside of us hallelujah he didn't realize that this joy that I have the world didn't give it to me and if the world didn't give it to me the world and the things of the world and the materialistic things of the world can't take it away somebody shout this joy this joy 
This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, Walmart can't give it to me. This joy that I have, I can't order it on Amazon. This joy that I have can't be ordered through Uber Eats. This joy that I have can't be purchased at Saks Office. No, this joy that we have, that we walk in, that we lift our voice and we shout about comes from the greater one. The greater one that lives inside of us. Can somebody shout out hallelujah? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This joy that we have, society cannot dismiss it. Society cannot bring it down. COVID couldn't steal it. It thought it would steal it from the church. No, you can put a mask over my mouth, but you can't take my praise. This joy, this shout, the shout of faith, the shout that we shout with, the faith shout, it lifts and it changes atmosphere. And the devil can't take it because God turns.